podcast. Dumb podcast. Between you and me. Between you and me. All right, all right, all right. So um, last week we got started with a book of quotes. Yup. Um, a bunch of quotes I had shot uh, over to you, T. And we discussed um, your feelings about them, whether, you know, some you can adopt for now or later on in life. And, you know, and, my, and, and I sent a lot. And so we only mm-hmm. got through about half of the list. And so we're going to continue this week. Okay, hopefully, we'll close yeah. Ho- hopefully we're going to finish the list. Um, we'll see how it goes. <clears throat> so without further ado, as if there's been some ado already, that's, it was an inside joke. I remember uh, this today. Nah. Okay. Have you ever heard without further ado? Like the same? Yes. Huh? What does ado mean? Right. So it was a guy, he was a comedian, and he was talking. He was like, so without further ado, as if there has been any ado already, because uh, people are saying without further ado. So it was an inside joke for you? Nah, it was just called to remember it, something uh, that, was, that had happened years okay. ago. Uh, from uh, a com- uh, uh, you know what? Uh, so um, as I start my list. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, the best math you can learn is how to calculate the future cost of current decisions. Fact. Fact. I agree with that one. Yeah. Yeah. I can co-sign that one. Uh, it's funny because, like, um, when, when I was in college many, 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 many moons ago, I took this course. I can't remember the name of it because maybe it was business, math, or economics. It might have been economics. Sounds more like economics. Mm. And we used to talk about the future value of money. So you had to sit down and you had to figure out the future value of money. Or I hate future value of money. You hate future value of money? Yeah. Well, that's exactly in what In math, at least. In math. That's what this quote is saying, though. The best math you can learn is how to calculate the future cost of your current decision. Yeah. And so it's just kind of hot to, to think about it. Like, I mean, is it, is it something that's going to multiply and cost you? Or is it something that's going to multiply and bring you dividends? So I like that. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with that one. I think it's... um. I think that's very relevant to life. I really think a lot of times that's what life comes down to. Yeah. Uh, and as you grow older and experience more things, you get a better handle on understanding what situations can lead to and that kind of thing. So but that's a part of the journey uh, or part of the search of life, at least figuring out how to uh, figure out where your current decisions will take you. And that's how you yeah. get better at making better decisions. So that one's going to go hand in hand with the next all right, cool. All right, the next one says, you may not get caught for everything you do, but you will pay for everything you have done. That bill always comes due. The bill always comes due, man. The bill always comes due. So it just- That was, that was a bar. That was a bar, man. It, you it ca- still gets used. You, you came yeah. from that. You came with that one. You came with that one. And it's interesting because, um, you know, it was, it's, it's saying, um, be sure your sins will find you out is something that yeah, I've heard a lot. You know, and it's like, well, not a lot, but I heard it a lot when I was younger. And it's, it's, I, and I used to tell you that all the time, dude. I know you think you're getting away with everything, but I know everything you do. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, it's like, um, nobody has to stand over your shoulders, but first of all, you're building character, and your character is actually going to be the thing that's going to either help you succeed or help you fail. And so um, you're going to pay for everything you've done, even if nobody called the individual act. Which, that's funny. Um, yeah, that's, that's funny because that's, I guess that's one of those things you would call almost a universal truth Yep. because mm-hmm. you see that in, um, you hear similar versions of that across all different spectrums, all different kinds of people, different walks of life, different faiths, different spiritualities. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the bill always comes due, you know. Um, be sure your sins will find you out. Um, karma, mm-hmm. all these different mm-hmm. things always play into that idea of it's more than just surface level. There's consequences to act. There you go. Consequences to act. So. All right, cool. Um, the next one is you don't let people in your wallet to waste your money. So don't let people in your life to waste your time. Okay. You don't let people in your wallet to waste your money. You don't let people in your wallet to waste your money. Don't let people into your life to waste your time. So don't let people in your life to waste your time. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I agree with that. If, and if in a direct correlation, you say time is money. You yes. know what I'm saying? And it's it's interesting because, like, I mean, honestly, we, 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 we hoard our money, some of us hoard our money. But really we give away our time. Huh? People don't hoard their money anymore. But yeah. yeah there are some people that hoard their there money. There are some people. Um, but they but they won't hoard Not their time. Not at my stage of life. Yeah. Nah, there's some people at your stage and like to hoard their money. I know I'm one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So be the same way you're careful with your money in your wallet, be careful with your time and your life. I think that's a, uh, a big deal. Yeah. The big. people that you surround yourself with. Yep. Um, and that's similar to the last one. There's a lot of different sayings and preachings and teachings on be careful who you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, man. How about this? A mistake that makes you humble, humble, a mistake that makes you humble is better than an achievement that makes you arrogant. <laughs> battling with that one. I know, because the arrogance battling. Anyway, go ahead. A mistake that makes you humble is better than an achievement that makes you arrogant. You know, so this reminds me real loosely of the conversation we had. The, um, the I guess almost the quote, the conversation you sent me of the man who basically founded the country to buy. Yes. Uh-huh. Which it's funny because it is that's very loosely relating, but that still kind of reminds me of that concept of like there's that same kind of there's consequence mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. action. Mm-hmm. And so that the mentality that you have can take you in so many different directions. And so I think I can see it from that perspective of it's better to maintain being humble. Never think you have everything under control. Never think you've seen all the cards. Yep, like, yep, 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 yep. When you're arrogant, you leave yourself open. You stop. Wide open. Checking for things. You stop looking at things the same way. You just think, oh, I can't be touched. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important to always be aware and never think you're above I just heard a quote about this. I can't remember what it is. I already know I'm not going to be able to remember. But you're not above consequent. Um, There's so many things you're not above. So it's better to be humble than to be arrogant. So I guess I would say it's better to go through something to make you more of the former, which is being humble than being arrogant. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about a poem. <clears throat> um, and I don't if know you if can I walk can... with kings, but keep coming. No, all right, I got the poem right here. It's called "It's called No Indispensable Man," and I, it, I can't. I guess it, when you talk about you know 
all that whole, that whole self-importance, and you're thinking you're just so, so great, right? And so it's this poem I learned, um, well, I didn't learn it, I, I read years ago, and it's important, and it's about arrogance, right? Mm-hmm. And it says, um, the indispensable man, sometimes when you're feeling important, sometimes when your ego's in bloom, sometimes when you take it for granted, you're the best qualified in the room. Sometimes when you feel that you're going would leave an unfillable hole, just follow these simple instructions and see how they humble your soul. Take a bucket and fill it with water. Put your hand in it up to the wrist. Pull it out and the hole that's remaining is a measure of how much you'll be missed. You can splash all you wish when you enter. You may stir up the water galore. But stop and you'll find that in no time, it looks quite the same as before. The moral of this quaint example is to do just the best that you can. Be proud of yourself, but remember, there's no indispensable man. It's fire. Yeah. Yeah. It's fire. I like that one. Yeah. I remember when, I, when I first read that, I was like, dang, man. Like, you can put your hand in a bucket. You can shake it all up and make all the commotion you want mm-hmm. to. And you, you take your you hand. It always settles. Yep. It always settles. Without you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's got that, that. So, all right. Um, next one. It says, before you assume, try this crazy method called ask. Mm-hmm. Before you assume, try this crazy method called ask. Do I agree with that? Um, do I agree with that? I mean, yeah. How could you not agree with that? I think that's one of those things that's really simple in saying. But and hard to that's, do. Right, the majority of people don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's just a whole social stigma that we have of human beings. Or just like there's another one similar, but like people will rather stop talking to you than admit that they were wrong. Uh-huh. Or just things of that nature. Like there's just different social stigmas that we have. And there's another one that I was thinking about, but I can't remember it uh, at this current moment. It's funny. Uh, oh, that... Oh, I don't know what you're about to say. I was just thinking about, you told me about something the other day about as people get older, they think old people are rude, but they're not rude. <laughs> they're they, just telling the truth. Right. They just say what they really think. Yeah. 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 Yep. So it, it's another one of those social things. It's hard for us to just be upfront, just be direct with people and things of that nature. Um, I was, I was going back to, um, I'm, I, I thought about the first, the very first quote that we talked about on last week. And it said there are three simple rules in life. And one of them says, if you do not ask, the answer will always be no. Right. And so that's essentially what this one was saying. I mean, it's saying before you assume, try this crazy method called asking. Because if you don't ask, you don't know what the answer going to be. Right. So that was cool. Yeah. All right. How about this one? Ego will have you crying over a closed door that had nothing behind it. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. It's sort of the same thing about asking and assuming. How so? Well, um... Excuse me. So, so you can just feel like you're, 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 this is the best thing for me. I, I know that this is, you know, all that I need, whatever. And I just know, I just know. And so you won't take um, no for an answer. You won't take somebody telling you this is not the right move for you. You won't take, you know, uh, conventional wisdom, time honored wisdom or anything. You just know you're in your ego. You'll know this is the very best thing for me. Like getting behind this door is the very best thing for me. And then you get behind it and there's really nothing there. I, I, I'll give you a re, I'll give you a real life example. It's funny. Um, something that happened to me, a personal, personal thing that happened to me. 
So years ago, um, I used to work at Shaw University. And um, the reason why I went to Shaw, believe it or not, was uh, I'd visited there, took some students there on a college tour um, a, a few years before we moved to North Carolina. So when we first got there, I knew I wanted to be a career counselor, right? That's what I, that was my whole goal, to be a career counselor. And so when I went to Shaw, because I just liked Shaw University for some reason from one of the schools that we had visited. And I went to Shaw, and they didn't have, any, they didn't have an opening in the career development department but they had an opening in the dorm. And so I took a job in the dorm doing, you know, something in the dorm that was cool. Um, but then the career development um, position came available. It's so funny, man. And it was almost like, um, um, I don't think it's Houdini or somebody had this, it's done so sweet. It had to be a plan. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, oh man. So I took this job that I felt like I was overqualified for and I waited my time, which wasn't even long. It was like three or four months. And the exact job that I wanted became available. And so I interviewed for the job, and I knocked the interview out of the park. And I had a second interview for the job, and I knocked the second interview out of the park. And then I went to sit down with the president, and the whole thing fell apart, man. Like, the whole thing just fell apart. Like, it was a technicality. I don't even need to go into it, but it fell apart. And that just hurt me to my core. Like, for real, right? Like, so I, at that point, it was like ego saying, man, like, look, that, you know, that, man, that was my job. You know, I did, man, we need to fix this because, that, you know, ego trying to get me in that door. Um, it, I didn't get in the door, thankfully, um, because had I gotten the door, I'd already set myself up to live in Raleigh for the rest of my life. <laughs> I mean, cause, cause I, cause I just knew was it was a job. plan. That was, that was my job. plan. That was my plan, man. My plan was to be, be a career development, um, a, be, be in career development at Shaw University in Raleigh, North Carolina. Definitely better things to do. Yeah, I mean, that. man, there is so much better things that happened in my life because I didn't get that job. Because, I mean, consequently, I left Shaw like two months afterward and went to North Carolina Central. And from North Carolina Central, I started doing work with NASA. And I ended up in D.C. I mean, it was like so many things that happened in my life because that door was shut. Right. And I didn't let ego keep me, you know, banging on that door to try to get behind it. So, so I have a question. Yes, sir. That's spurred by conversations such as this one. Yes, sir. So I guess the, the question is, about the battle between knowledge and intuition. Okay. When do you trust conventional knowledge versus when do you trust your own intuition? When do you trust conventional knowledge versus intuition? I think you should always trust conventional knowledge unless your intuition um, gives you a blaring stop sign. Like, so here's the thing, because because ego comes in intuition, right? right? Um, and intuition is good. Like, if you don't have knowledge, intuition works well, right? Okay. If you don't have knowledge, intuition works well. But if you know, like, because what happened is, like, if you know, um, like, say, for instance, well, that, that's crazy. Um, just, just, um, just, just loosely, because I've seen lately a, a couple of people skip 12th grade. But just say, for instance, um, if you know you got to go to school for 12 years, right? Mm-hmm. Knowledge tells conventional t- knowledge tells you you got to go to school for 12 years in order to, nah, I don't want to do that. Um, um, I need to. I, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I got like, came up with like two, three answers while I was. Well, go ahead. Give, give, go ahead. Give it to me. Uh, so my initial thought was, 
do as your conscience dictate. That was my first thought. Mm-hmm. I'll explain that. Shout out to AOT. But do as your conscience dictates. And what that means is, um, I mean, it's, you can trust conventional knowledge or you can trust your intuition, what you feel is your intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, either one of them are viable, but know that either one of them could be incorrect. Right. Okay, gotcha. And gotcha. so as far as do as your conscience dictates, we've all had different life experiences um, that have given us different mindsets that have taken us at different places. And so when it comes down to doing what you think you want to do versus what someone tells you is probably the right thing to do, mm-hmm. it all comes down to making that choice, doing as your conscience dictates. Do I feel led to, to listen to this person? Do I feel led? to do what my intuition is telling me to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and understanding that you don't know the outcome, what the outcome will be, but you have to live with the choice that you nah, make. That's where I was going to go. So, yes, yeah, I, I can live with that 100% because that, because that, I was going to say, but there's a caveat to that because here's what so often happens. What so ha- often happens is people will buck conventional wisdom for in- intuition mm-hmm. and then when they made the wrong decision, they'll go back to the person that gave them the conventional wisdom to try to get out of the trouble that they right. got into. But and no, it's like, that's not the it's, way. I, we talked about this, I think this was earlier today. You I, said, I'm a gambling man. I, I, I live yeah, a gambler's yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, exactly right. And so if you're going to live a gambler's lifestyle, make a gambler's choice of following your intuition, you have to be able to live with the gambler's consequences. There you go. There you go. Um, that, 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 that's, that's a bar. That's, that, was, that was a thought that came to my mind, too. Like, I just had this conversation with you today. <laughs> All right, so the second thought that I had uh-huh. was... Um, another quote, of course, from Agent Carter. Okay. But this is Christopher Marcus. Christopher Marcus says, um, this is kind of speaking to what you were saying beforehand, like, listen to conventional wisdom, conventional knowledge, unless your intuition gives you a blaring stop sign. Mm-hmm. And this quote by Christopher Marcus says, compromise where you can, where you can't, don't. Um, it goes on to say, even if everyone is telling you that something wrong is something right, even if the whole world is telling you to move, it is your duty to plant yourself like a tree, look them in the eye and say, no, you move. And so where that plays in for me is where, like, when you can listen to conventional knowledge, you listen to conventional knowledge because people have experiences. And a lot of times, uh, what, in the mouths of two or three, will the truth be established? Yeah, mouths of two or three witnesses tell the truth be established. So... People, you gain a lot by listening and and just sitting with people that have had experience, that have been where you've been, and they've seen the outcomes of possible decisions. You get a lot from doing that. At the same time, when it comes to intuition and those blaring things, if you if your intuition leads you so strongly that you just feel like you can't say yes, then say no. If your intuition leads you so strongly to make a decision. That you it it just it you just feel like you can't not make the decision and then follow your intuition. But then at the same time, know that following your intuition doesn't guarantee a certain outcome, and you live with the outcome of you the choice the that you make. I'm, I'm I'm with that. It's interesting because the thing is, like your intuition may cause you to be an anomaly, right? So like right. somebody can give you conventional wisdom and it's like in in 99.99% of the time 
This is exactly what happens. And just the fact that you have intuition and are hard-headed, your circumstances just can be that 0.1%. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so um, there's always that chance. But again, at the end of the day, as long as you're willing to live with the consequences of the choice you make. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, the majority of the time, honestly, just about all the time, there's certain rules and certain regulations and certain perspectives and ways of looking at life that sustain 99.9% of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then you have people that come in that don't go with those rules, those regulations, those social norms that causes them to shift things. Right. They're gamblers. Right. They're gamblers. You're right. And so where it, it causes you to be, um, what's the word? Outfitting, off-putting, not fitting in with the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the norm of how things usually an go. An outlier, mm-hmm. an outsider. Um, <laughs> shout out to Young Justice. Well, um, I was thinking um, more shout out to um, Lecrae, but go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. But so in those situations where your intuition leads you so strongly, that could be your moment of yep. Yep. being the outlier. Yep. And Which everybody a has great them. book. Everybody has them. Outline. Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. Yes. Everybody has them. Everybody has those moments. But when you when you get the moment, you have to be convicted by the moment. And you have to live in the moment because if you're not, and I guess I guess that's what I meant about like that anomaly happens because right. like if you live in the moment and you're convicted by the moment, it suspends conventional knowledge. It, it, yes. it, it suspends conventional. It can, it suspends what normally happens, right? And that I mean, it's like that's that sweet spot. Is that sweet spot? And that's what outliers. Right. One thing is sweet spot. Outliers talk about. And then at the end of the day, it ties into the previous quote: "Don't mistake your ego for your intuition." There you go. Wow. Right. All right. The next one: the person that challenges you and holds you accountable loves you more than the person that watches you stay the same and settle for mediocrity. It's true, and it sucks. You don't, <laughs> you don't be feeling that way. No, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, but that was something that you y'all used to tell me the. The best teachers, the teachers that care the most are the ones that are the hardest on you. That's right. Because they see your potential. Mm -hmm. And I always tell students, I mean, like all the time, like when I'm dealing with them, I'm like, look, man, when I leave you alone, that's when you got a problem. Right. Like if I'm on you, believe I'm on you because I see your potential and I I I want you to become the best you can be. But when I get to a point where I just leave you alone and let you settle for mediocrity, bruh. Because I'm done with you. I'm done with you, bruh. I'm done. So, yes, I, I agree with that one. All right, cool. Um... Sometimes the ones that ain't your type are the ones that change your life and treat you right. Mm. <laughs> Lucky I ain't seen that one before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what you think about that one, sir? Read it again. Sometimes the ones that ain't your type are the ones that change your life and treat you right. Yeah, it's possible. Ain't no possible, man. That's 100%, man, analogous. So check this out. Here's a funny thing, right? Um... If you believe in Aristotle split, split apart, right? Um, and, and if you think about what a split apart would be, it's the opposite of you, or you know, the, yeah, the opposite of you. Because when you when you come back together, you're a whole. Uh-huh. And so the problem is, I think in life we spend a lot of time looking for the person that's like us, right? When in actuality, the person that's not like us is our perfect mix. I agree with that. Like we come to the table with expectations of what things should look like in our head, but we don't listen to what things are actually like outside of our head. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so you miss cues and things of that nature. Yep. That, that might actually be better than what you had envisioned because sometimes you just don't have the perspective to know. There you go. There you go. So, so yes, I can agree with that. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. So, I'll remind you of that one. Yeah. 
Sure. Sometimes the ones that ain't your type. Sure, please do. I might just tell you I'm going to go with my intuition, though. Oh, my God. You've been telling me that your whole life. Yeah. All right. Hasn't failed me yet. (laughs) Few things can help an individual more than to place responsibility on him and to let him know that you trust him. Run that one back. All right. Yeah, you, you, you 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 got to tell me if you feel this one. Few things can help an individual more than to place responsibility on him and to let him know that you trust him. One more again. One more again. Let me hear it one more time. All right. Few things can help an individual more than to place responsibility on him and to let him know that you trust him. Few things can help. Uh, I agree with that. Okay. In certain contexts, in certain situations. Okay. Give me one. But uh, it reminds me of uh, the movie we just watched where she's talking about her. She's with her siblings. I don't know why they chose me, but they yeah, did. Okay, they trusted yeah. me. They trusted and me. in turn I trusted them. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So I think trust and letting people know that you trust them to make the hard decisions or you trust them to do the the correct thing or handle things the right way can go a long way with the person. And it and this go ahead, go ahead. You can say something else. Oh yeah. I was just gonna say and when I'm talking about in certain situations and in certain like that's the exact right ingredient for that. Um, now it's not always right ingredient because some people just ain't trustworthy. That's true. And some people That's don't true. need to hold certain responsibility, at least not in this phase of their life. And so you don't want to, um, I mean, huh, so many different things. Don't beat a dead horse, um, <laughs> which is in a different context than usually mm-hmm. given, but sometimes it's just not the right time and you have to, relinquish um, or cut off that flow of just giving mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to a person because sometimes it's not the right person for them to receive that responsibility or you're not the right person to give it to them. But then at the same token, there's a lot of people that um, just don't, perspective is a huge thing. And based on your home life, your environment, you've never had anybody that had expectation for you to be better than yeah. what you are in the moment. There you go. There you go. Okay. Now you go. And so that can be huge. Um, there's a documentary. Can't remember the name or who it was about, but it was about a former football player. <laughs> and um, in, in this documentary, there's a moment where he's talking to this kid, this kid's getting a haircut, young kid, like maybe like five, six, seven. But he was just telling the kid, um, like, they were talking about what he could go on to do in his life. And it's just like, you could be the president. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, you could see that look of awe and, like, gears turning, like, in his head. He never had the perspective that he could be something that big, mm-hmm. um, be something different than his surroundings and his situation. And so, tr- in trusting people, and giving people responsibility can be a huge step in leading them to uh, the light or right. to right. A, a, a world of taking responsibility, standing up, knowing that they can do more because someone trusted them. Right. So that was long-winded. But, yes, that's I agree good. with that no, one. that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just empowering people to be them be uh-huh. more. But sometimes you're the person to do that. So. But um, it is your conscience dictate. Yeah, whatever. All right. How about this one? Learn to control your reactions or you will be puppeted, puppeted, puppeteered 
Learn to control your reactions or you will be puppeteered by anyone capable of provoking you. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. That's fundamental to my being. Okay. I agree with that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I often have that conversation with people because people find what makes you tick and then they use that against you. Use it against you every time. And I'm the type of person that I'm always perceiving that type of thing about people. What makes different people react to them? Because I'm all about reacting, honestly. Because mm-hmm. I spend my free time thinking about why I react to things a certain way. You don't react, but anyway. I don't. Because I always... Well, when I, when I react, the majority of the time it's in thought. Mm-hmm. And so, because my reactions don't have to be shown on the surface level. For right, me. right, right. And right. the majority of the time they, they don't. I'm pretty... Even, even kill, kill yep. on the outside. Made me want to kill you your whole life talking about even kill. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, right. I think it's really, it's the poker face. Yep. Poker face is important to have. Yep. And so I think, I, well, especially for me as someone that does that actively, like I do that passively for myself. Uh-huh. And so it's easy for me to see that in other people and knowing that the right or the wrong kind of person will easily see, take advantage of that in you. So I'm, let me give you, I'm going to give you, I, I, I don't disagree with you, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you. A caveat? I, I, that's the word I want to say, a caveat, but I want to give you a tool, a tool, a tip, or a technique. Okay. So, so here's the thing. So not, re, not, not reacting is a great thing, because you're right. If somebody can realize the thing that makes you tick, if somebody can realize the thing that pushes you over the edge, and they want you to go over the edge. They do that thing to push you over the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you got to react. Sometimes you should react. I'm not going to say you got to. Sometimes you should. Sometimes you should. I just want to say about that as well. Okay. Because sometimes I think um, the situation dictates you giving an emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, sometimes it dictates you giving an emotion. And I, I don't want people to get sucked into... Well, I'm going to always be emotionless because I don't want people to, to use me because mm-hmm. they'll use that against you too. So it's funny because for me, I guess, as a mystique, mm-hmm. as the thing says, but I'm all about giving people, I guess, the reaction that they don't expect. Uh-huh. So if somebody's looking for emotion, don't give emotion. But if they're looking for you to be even, sometimes that emotion might be necessary. Like if somebody's looking for you to be a pushover, showing them that you won't be, is what can upset that Mm-hmm. And the same way, if somebody's looking to invoke emotion from you to use you to do something, being even killed will do the same thing. Right. And so it's all, golly. Whew. The Bucks is tearing the heat up. But that's, just, <laughs> that's a side thing. Um, but it's all about having control of yourself. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, it is. control it is, is um, not doing and doing. Oh, you're gonna say control is illusion. Yeah, control is an illusion. Well, an illusion. Yeah, nobody has control. Yes, but anyway, but you you. can't. You can. The only thing you can't control is you're reacting to a circumstance. You don't control the circumstance. Right. And so it's important to understand how to control yourself, how to be present in the moment, and not allow yourself to get out of the moment, so that you can decide the right way in which to react, the correct way in which to react, whether that's not showing a reaction. Mm-hmm. Or showing the right reaction. So I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna, just, I'm just gonna throw out this bonus popcorn tip. Mm-hmm. I had nothing to do with what you just talked about, but when I say there's no control, so um, there's a, a movie called Days of Thunder, right? 
Okay. Um, Days of Thunder was um, Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. And um, it, she had this great line in that movie where she was saying, control is an illusion. You infantile, whatever, whatever. And so what it was is um, Tom Cruise and this other guy, they were race car drivers, mm-hmm. and they got in an accident. And, but they were ultra competitive. And they were so competitive, they, they was in the hospital competing. Right. And so um, she was selling him in, in one of her monologues that, I mean, his biggest thing was he, he feared that he was going to lose control. Right. But control was an illusion. You know, and it was like, dang, that is so deep. Like, we really think we control something. We absolutely have control over nothing. And, and I think I, 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 try to tell, I tried to tell you that a lot growing up as well. It was that whole, you know, you don't have control over your own time. Because right. we, 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 in our mind, we think we got control of our own time. And in actuality, we really don't. Which it's funny because we often feel like we've controlled something or we control the situation where really it's just something not happening and not something happening. Right, yeah. yeah so we yeah. think because something didn't happen, oh, we controlled it, right, we right. took control of the situation, but really it's just this wasn't the time that something happened. And when it's the time for something to happen, it will happen. We have no control over it. have that. no control over it. Yeah. And so we take every um, escaping moment of nothing happening everything as that, everything, we control Everything that seemed to fall in our favor, we think we controlled it. Right. No, you ain't control nothing. Anyway. All right. So. Excuse me. Next one. Whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. That's it. That's it. Whatever you're not changing, you're choosing. I agree with that. Yeah, man. That's a bar. Whatever. That's uh, a bar. Yeah, I guess. That's a bar. I, you know, it's funny because I. Cause it, it didn't hit me as much as some of the other ones, but I do think that's true. Because the thing is, like, like, like. Just say, for instance, like, you know, you I, I, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say, T, do something. And you be like, okay, yeah, I got it. And then next week I come back and say, but T, you do something. Yeah, I got it. And I'm like, stop telling me you got it. I just want you to do it. Right? And it's like, if you haven't changed that behavior, or if you haven't changed that action, you're choosing that action. And so it's not like you can say, I forgot. It's not like you can, you know what I'm saying? It's no, you chose to. Because if you wanted to change it, you very well could have. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, whatever, whatever you are not changing, you're, you're choosing. choosing, right? And yeah, um, I'll leave it at a mistake repeated more than once is a decision. Same, same thing. thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, which is, I'm trying to think of this quote. I can't remember the quote for the life of me, but yes, I do agree with that because. We, uh, it, it's almost a control thing. A lot of times our choices is not to do something. Um, our choice is to remain the same. Our choice is to be comfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because it's a natural choice, it doesn't feel like choosing. Right, right. Even though it still is choosing. But in reality, you have to make the active choice, the different choice that isn't rote, the choice that isn't a part of routine, that actually feels like a hard choice is you course correcting you choosing to do something right. different. Right. Um I I sent you uh, um I just sent you a video earlier today. I don't know if you watched it, Mike Tyson. Hmm. I looked for it. That must have been the last one you sent me. It I think it was the most recent video that I sent you. Uh, yep. Which yep. I saw it on TikTok. I'm gonna pull it up real yeah, quick. Yeah you sent it to me while we was watching the dog on moving. 
It was as the movie was starting. Well, still. I but mean. Basically, he was talking about self-discipline. And the quote is, discipline is doing what you hate to do, but doing it like you love it. Like it. Love it. Everything about it. Discipline is doing what you hate to do, but doing it like you love it. And so, basically, he was saying the difference between the norm and the far exceeding of the norm is discipline. Mm-hmm. And discipline is really active choices. Mm-hmm. It's right. choosing not to be passive Correct. about life. It's choosing to actively make the choices that are beneficial to you versus what's comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. And so I agree with that. Everything that you do is a choice. It's funny because um, I got this saying I always use. It says, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Same, same, same thing. It's like, yeah, you, I mean, you can't choose. You, you can't choose to be the same. There's no such thing as being the same. Either you gaining ground or losing ground. Right. And if you don't choose to gain ground, you're choosing to lose ground. Yes. All right. This is eight rules to kick butt in life. Huh. All right. See failure as beginning, not an end. All right. Um, that's number one. Number two, if you don't go after it, you won't have it. Mm-hmm. Just got finished talking about that one. Number three, always do more than is expected of you. Yeah. Under promise, over deliver. Number four, assume nothing and question everything. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yep, we talked about that one a few minutes ago too. A little um, bit. Make peace with the past or you'll pay for it. That? Yeah. No angels. Look <laughs> at you. Um, That's an inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing from a movie we just watched. Um, Stop thinking so much and start acting. Uh huh. Um, never, Depends on which side of the spectrum you land on, but yeah. All right. Some people act without thinking. Some people, people think, think without, without acting. acting. Yes, so you're right. Everybody needs to be more in the middle. Yeah, you're right. Never compare yourself to others. It's true. I'm going to come back to that one, man. That's the success of our, our society. Yeah, I, I'm going to come back to that one. But yeah. um, teach others what you know. Yeah. All right. I want to go back to um, number seven. I agree with all of those. I do too. But number seven. Uh, number seven. Never compare yourself to others. And the interesting thing about never compare yourself to others, and this has come up a couple of times. Comparisons make you stupid. Comparisons but, kill, man. That's Jonathan yeah. McReynolds, man. Comparisons kill. Um, we never, we never, I mean, well, we seldom realize, or we seldom, we will seldom feel bad about ourselves or seldom feel inadequate until we try to measure ourselves by somebody else's measuring state. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, when we look at ourselves, especially if we're in a situation where we're always trying to be better, always striving to, to be disciplined and always striving to grow and that kind of thing, like, we're good. We're locked in. We are our baseline. And, you know, we need to do a gap analysis. We need to know where we're going. We talked about this a, a couple of months ago, I guess. You need to know where you want to go. You want to know, need to know where you are. And you need to um, put a plan in place to get there. And as long as you're living along that vein and you're true to yourself, I think life ends up successful for you. The problem comes in when we grab somebody else's measuring stick and stand up next to it. Comparison kills. You know what I'm saying? Because then we try to make sure, we, we, we try to, um, identify with somebody else's goals. Identify with somebody else's um, tools, tips, and techniques. Identify with somebody else's motivations. Identify, you know, all these other things that are not germane to us. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it is a bad thing for us. Don't so compare your journey. Never compare yourself to others. And so here's what I had to say about it. Down a whole different rabbit hole. But I think comparison kills in so many different ways it makes us worse in so many different ways 
um, than you would think because the easy, um, the easy thing that you see when you think about comparison killing is I'm judging myself based off of what somebody else is doing and it makes me feel like I'm lacking. Mm -hmm. But it even hurts in other ways as well as far as we care too much about what people think to the point that it'll cause us to be... We care so much about what other people think that'll cause us to, um, I guess, follow this trend of inaction instead of action. Right, right. And so uh, I can't... I'm going to be paraphrasing, but there's this whole thing with Demi Lovato that just came out and with Lizzo, and but the fat shaming thing that's going on right now, I'm going to start talking about um, Twitters and, and all that type of stuff real quick. But uh, there's this whole thing about body positivity and fat shaming and things of that nature. Um, just giving context with like Lizzo was, um, you know who Lizzo is. I do. Uh, she Bigger girl, big girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just big girl. But she started exercising and working on losing weight um, because she wanted to be healthier. And people started bashing her because they were saying that because she was choosing to lose weight, that was like the same thing as saying being overweight was bad. And, I mean, that was dumb to me because, yeah, yeah. for one, it's her life. Let her do what she wanted right, to do. Right, right. Uh, and she's doing it for her own health, not for your opinion. Right. Uh, which is how I think you should be. Of course. The other thing is, which it which brings what brings up this conversation for me is Demi Lovato just said something the other day about um, you shouldn't push people or compliment people about losing weight and things of that nature because it shows that you have a problem with them being the way that they were. Shallow. It's a really shallow look of looking at things, a way of really? seeing things. Yeah. And what I mean as far as we care too much about what people think, we care more about other people's opinions on how we are than us caring about ourselves. And my thing is, which this is all just an example, like being overweight is an example. Be okay with who you are. Right. And make decisions for yourself. Yep. yep. Don't be like, oh, because someone told me I should lose weight, they're looking at me a certain type of way, which that's not a nice thing to tell somebody. No. But if if you're happy with the way that you are, be happy with the way that you are. If you feel like you need to be healthier, be healthy. Be healthy. It doesn't really matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. We just care too much to the point that now we're telling people not to do that. Because, oh, you should love yourself the way that you are. Do, do what you. you feel is necessary do for you. yourself. Do you. Right. Don't not act because there's a whole thing about people, what other people think. Right. Right. I can buy that. I Do what's that. necessary for you. I can buy that. So that's how I feel about the whole comparison is killing us in just different ways. Yeah. It's causing us to act. It's causing us to not inact, to act. Yep. And it, it's just a bad equation. Comparison kills, bro. Comparison yeah. Kills. All right. We're round in the corner. Round in the corner. Yeah. Just a couple of. A true leader has the confidence to stand alone, the courage to make tough decisions, and the compassion to listen to the needs of others. He does not set out to be a leader, but becomes one by the equality of his actions and the integrity of his intent. I need to read that again. Uh, you can read it again. A true leader has the confidence to stand alone, the courage to make tough decisions, and the compassion to listen to the needs of others. 
He does not set out to be a leader, but becomes one by the quality of his actions and the integrity of his intent. Um, I agree, but I have, um, I guess I don't really want to talk about that, but yeah, <laughs> um, but I feel like there's this whole, I agree. Uh-huh. I feel like there's this whole glamorization of what being a leader looks like. Um, at least I can say as far as for my generation, everybody's all about be your own boss, do this, do that. You, no one should be telling you what to do. Be a leader type of thing. That's not the same though. What I'm saying is being a leader isn't a, a glamorized job. It's a necessary job. Right, right. It's not everybody's job to be a leader and being a leader isn't a light burden. And so when you're talking about like, it's about your integrity, it's about your, um, I guess your ideals, about your care for other people, that it, leading people is just as much of a burden as it is a freedom. But people treat leadership like it's a light thing. Um, it's just for the allure of not having somebody to tell you what to do and really being a leader is a responsibility. So, so what so, I wanted to say. So the reason why I was, I was saying that it's not true so I, what you're saying is right, mm-hmm. but it's a mischaracterization of a leader is it's what it is. So like leadership is not being the boss. Right. Leadership is not holding the highest position in a company. Exactly. I mean, you know, leadership is not, um, you can be in a leadership position and not be a leader. I agree. With As a matter of fact, in a lot of cases, the people at the back of the pack are the leaders. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? If you go into a classroom and... The teacher standing in the front, the teacher teaching the lesson, and the bully or the class clown in the back, and he's making a commotion, and everybody's following what he does. The person in the back of the class is the leader, not the person that's hired to be the leader. And so, from that perspective, um, I, I I think I don't I, I don't think a leader leader is a leadership is something that you can apply for. Right. I think it's something that you become. And I agree with that. That's kind of the point I was getting at, because a lot of people will chase like this role yep. Yep. in order. I yep. want to be named the leader of this mm-hmm. when really, um, I mean, leading is by example at the end of the day. There it is. There it is. And so it's not about getting a role and this glamorized idea of what leadership looks like. Leadership comes down to you being securing yourself and caring about others. At the end of the day, that's what leadership is. Gotcha. Being securing yourself and caring about others. All right, cool. So let's see. Two last two. Stay positive. The things you're waiting and hoping for tend to arrive at the most unexpected moment. The things you are waiting and hoping for tend to arrive at the most unexpected moment. I just heard a quote similar to that. Can't remember it. Life goes up, it goes down, it goes sideways, but it's always interesting. Um, the same way life can go down, it also goes up. Sometimes you're on a hill, sometimes you're in a valley, but if you keep going, you'll find yourself in the next one. Speaking of hills and valleys, a book over there called Peaks and Valleys that asked you to read about six months ago, but I'm just saying. You're right, I can read that. Yeah, okay. All right. Yes, be positive because the sunshine's always coming. It's always just over the hillside. It's always over the hill, yep. 
it's funny. I, I had this pastor years ago. He said, you're always coming into a storm, in the storm, or going out of the storm. Mm-hmm. Um, last one. Confidence doesn't come when you have all the answers, but it comes when you are ready to face all the questions. Confidence doesn't come when you have all the answers, but it comes when you are ready to face all the questions. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I agree with that perspective there's another quote that's similar to that but it's about the difference between confidence and arrogance mm-hmm. but um arrogance is walking in a room and feeling like you're the best in the room mm-hmm. confidence is walking in the room and knowing you don't have to be like that i like that i and like so, that that's a bar right there thank you i appreciate it it's yeah. not from me I, yeah i know that's why i said it was a bar but yeah but um. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Cool, cool. So that's us. That's us. That's our quote. We made it through. Yes. So I hope there's some nuggets in there that helps others. I hope there's some nuggets in there that help you as you transition into this next phase of your life. When I'm not sitting in your ear. Mm-hmm. Um. I hope you're able to look back on some of these and it make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Any parting shot? Oh, I don't. I don't know if I had any parting words. That was fun. I mean, I always like quotes. Yep. I'm a fan of quotes and thought-provoking words. So things like this are always cool to me. Cool. Well, one podcast. One podcast. Between you and me. Between you and me. Holla. Holla.